I'm Jacqueline Suskin. I'm the author of the poetry book, The Edge of the Continent, Volume 1, The Forest. I'm Julaine Lee. Uh, my debut collection of poems, Not My White Savior, was published this year in uh, March 2018. Yeah, our books came out sort of around the same time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I was um, curious if, uh, if you went on tour at all. Well, a lot of people have asked me, you know, how's the book tour going? And I have a full-time day job um, in a corporate office. So, you know, there's not, I guess, an yeah. official book tour. I know some people just go full force, you know, for a couple of months. They're like traveling on the road nonstop. And so for me, it's been a little bit different. Um, you know, I had a couple of planned events. I grew up in Minnesota, so um, I knew I wanted to do something back there. And of course, in LA was the big event. And then as different people started hearing about my book and just kind of inviting me to do different things. Um, so I've been able to go to also Chicago, um, Virginia, and the Bay Area. So it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a tour. Yes, yeah, so it has turned into a tour just a little bit not as uh, condensed as some people, but actually it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of the DIY kind of piecemeal, like go where your people are tour. That's that's how I've done my whole tour. It's exactly. just kind of, yeah, visiting your, your people around the, the world, wherever they are. Mm -hmm. And you're heading to New York later this month, I saw on your, on your website, you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm in New York now, actually. I'm just oh, uh, okay. spending some time here doing some stuff and doing a reading. And it's like, and then I go to New Orleans. And honestly, for me, my job is writing poetry on the spot at events. So I end up like getting a job somewhere and then trying to book um, a reading in the same town. So it's the same. Yeah, you know, I just build it around my other work. Mm -hmm. Cuts back on the travel Totally. time and and I saw that you've been doing that since 2009 is that correct yeah yeah it's been my project and my only wow. real main source of income um, it provides a lot of access to a lot of other writing jobs but I would mm -hmm. say that that's like definitely the main way I've made my living as a poet which is totally insane yeah I was just amazed when I was reading about that on your website and it looked like that was around the same time that you had also um been living in Northern California and, and wrote your latest collection, The Edge of the Continent. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I lived up in uh, Humboldt County and I typed poems on my typewriter at the farmer's market and I would like drive my pickup truck in from the mountains and then like pick up my bicycle in town and ride my bike to the farmer's market. And uh, I just had this great community of people there and I was like, you know, I should probably do this kind of work for more than just this little town. Um, so I moved to L.A. <laughs> I felt a duty. I felt a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess actually that kind of segues into something I wanted to talk to you about, which is like the basis of your work seems to be um, a source of activism. And I wondered if, what you would say to that or if you feel that way yourself. You know, it's interesting because I never really thought about writing or poetry, at least but not necessarily even this book as activism, but I guess, you know, there's a few pieces in there that are definitely, but I, I now that my book has been out for a few months um, and just the interactions I've been able to have with other adopted people, it definitely is um, activism because one of the other things that I've done in addition to my book is hosted um, writing workshops for adopted people. And it's been expanded yeah. outside of that too, just like being able to heal through the writing process um, and I think poetry is a great tool to do that with. 
Totally. Um, yeah, and I think that that seeing how empowering that is for people who've never been able to write, let alone say something that they just suppressed for so long, and how you know releasing that can be you know kind of a catalyst for for greater things. But I I didn't really think about it that way. But then people started asking me like, well, what do you hope yeah. comes from this? Like, well, if it helps people, you know, then I think it is yeah it is a form of yeah, I really relate to that. I feel like with my work with Poem Store, that project, you know, puts me in public and I constantly write for like different demographics. And I, I feel like the the main thread through all groups, no matter who I'm writing for, no matter where I'm writing is like, this is like extremely healing work. And people end up telling me, you know, I would like my poem to be about some really very personal, deep, traumatic subject matter. And by the end of it, I've kind of translated for them what they've been saying to me in, in a condensed, accessible poem. And they walk away with this like deeper understanding of, you know, what it is to tell someone about it. It's it, which is what writing is, you know, just to like share that. And uh, I think I'm like uh, constantly serving as a translator more than anything. And then mm. the people who give me their, you know, broken thoughts about what they want their poem to be about they get to walk away with the finished product so it definitely is actually their poem um mm -hmm. so i really i really relate to that sense of like kind of not knowing that it would it would actually be a form of activism which when i think of activism i think of you're standing up for people or helping people who are in positions that need help or you're just like voicing things that have not been voiced and other people are just so glad that you're doing that, that you've made space mm -hmm. for them and the things that they need to voice. Mm -hmm. And so I've watched kind of my practice become this really the direct source of activism, which I grew up as a total punk. So I'm like so stoked <laughs> that I found something that's like actually like I can make a living, but also like be really happy about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, you know, like we say, speaking up or being able to say things for others in a way that maybe they weren't able to articulate. And that's like one of my poems, Return to Sender, which is about adopted people who never received their, their citizenship. And one of the things I question about even publishing that is because it's a persona poem. And I know that sometimes that can, you know, be a little, you know, controversial, but I asked a lot of adopted people without citizenship how they felt about it. And they said, you know, we don't feel like we can speak up, some of them. So please, you know, if this will help to bring awareness. Um, but I was yeah. looking at one of your posts on um, one of your tweets, too. You had written one about suicide and saying mm. that that's a topic that a lot of people bring to you. Um, and I think, in, you know, in light of some of those celebrity deaths by suicide we've had lately, too, mm -hmm. highlighted that. But I, I really liked what you said, too, like living something about that living isn't easy, but if we talk about it, it's not mm -hmm. as hard, you know, and just, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to destigmatize that people don't feel like they can talk about it. So I, I think that, that was, that really stood out to me as very powerful. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's such a common topic and um, mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've written poems for mothers whose, you know, teenagers have tried to commit suicide and failed. I've written suicide poems for people who have lost people to suicide or people who have attempted themselves. And there's something about like, just like being like in the position I'm in, I'm, that I'm in and I live this, you know, really interesting, wonderful life. But like, I can mm -hmm. just admit also, it's just really, really hard to be alive. It's mm -hmm. hard. It's hard mm -hmm. for anyone who's uh, tapped into anything that's happening in the world and anyone who's, you know, there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of trauma going around. So I like mm -hmm. to kind of keep that in the focal point. And I think that like 
looking at that through the lens of poetry and being like, okay, so that's true. And what can mm -hmm. we do about it? Like, cause mm -hmm. we have to try our best to like have this lens while we're here that allows us to like appreciate beauty and appreciate the beauty in the darkness, like in the hardest things mm -hmm. that we've gone through. I really appreciated that in your work. I felt like you brought out these like really beautiful moments within like a lot of really difficult moments. And I think mm -hmm. that's like what it is to kind of have the lens of a poet on is to just mm -hmm. like look at look at these moments that we've gone through that just are so, so shitty and be able to be like you know but I can relate that to something beautiful because it's all the same thing anyway or you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no I like what you just said the appreciate the beauty in the darkness because sometimes it feels like it's all dark <laughs> yeah you know? but to be able to find that beauty within it or after it or whatever I think is 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 one thing that poetry does for us, but sometimes it's hard to get there too. Um, one of your poems that I really, that really resonated with me, and I think because I'm a transplant to California, was California Calling. Um, oh, yeah. Our listeners, it's on page 61. Um, but I guess the two lines that really stood out to me was when we, we come with fervor for newness, and then the next one that grows when presented with a conference. Because I think. You know, my reasons for moving out here was I just, I had lived in Korea and lived in Seoul. And when I went back to Minnesota, I wanted to, you know, stay there for a little bit, but I knew I'd probably either go back to Korea or I wanted to live in another big city. And I landed in LA, um, didn't think that would happen, but it, you know, it did, but it, it wasn't like I came out here because I was chasing, you know, a dream of, you know, becoming a great musician or actor or anything, but I, I did feel like there was something about being here that something, I like I never planned to write a book, but I don't think it would have happened if I hadn't moved here um, and found the different you know, connections in the literary community. And I, I love that. that, yeah, yeah. So I really I, like that. Yeah, I love hearing that because I do think that it has some sort of pull. And, you know, mm -hmm. that, that poem came from my experience, but then a lot of my dear friends who are also California transplants had kind of said the same thing to me, you know, like they were like, oh, we love that poem. It really resonates mm -hmm. with us because, you know, I kind of saw my friends in this beautiful, creative community that I had never really experienced anywhere else. And I was like, I want to be in that. Like, I want to commit to that or contribute to that or collaborate with that. And I just did it as an experiment. You know, when I moved to LA, I was like, I have no idea what's going to work. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I'm just going to go and see because like four of my really good friends live there and I love them and I would just like to be around them for a little while and see if we can make art together. And then it ended up just totally working that kind of that city and that creativity nurtured my whole career. I'm curious too about, you know, your new collection, The Edge of the Continent. Um, it says volume one and I had read that you um, this was a collection of poems that you wrote while you lived up in Northern California. And so I was curious, like, did you set out to write a book when you moved up there? Or I'm curious too about the next volume, how many volumes there will yeah. what your plans are. Um, well, I did not set out to write a book in that way. I just write poetry all the time. That's kind of how I synthesize and process my whole life. So what happened was, is when I moved to LA, I was doing this project. I was trying to write a book about my past and I was going through all of my old journals. And instead of writing that book, I ended up being like, I have a whole volume about California of my time living in 
you know, up in Humboldt County in the Redwoods and the forest. And I have a whole volume about my time living in LA and I have a whole volume about my time living in the desert because I lived in Joshua Tree for a long time. So I saw these kind of shapes in my journals already, like um, notes and poems that were already written. And so I started doing that work for just the Humboldt County poems. And I was like, oh, I see this, this could totally work. So now my next task is to like finish the book about Los Angeles and all the poems about living there. And the third one will be about the desert. So I'm, it's a lot of work ahead, but I have a good framework. So. Mm -hmm. So now you're committed. <laughs> yeah, I'm committed. I'm totally committed. To more volume. Well, I'm excited to read those as well. But I think one of the things that really appealed to me about your book is that there's not, I guess maybe I just haven't sought it out, but I feel like there's a lot written about LA, but not necessarily i don't know that much about northern california so i really like being taken into nature and all the colors mm -hmm. and, and everything i really enjoyed that yeah don't worry i will only take you into the nature of los angeles that's what i care about the most so <laughs> oh, it's there even better it's there yeah even I better my yeah. next book will definitely be like a lens on the nature of la for sure but um what about your next book are you working on another book Oh my gosh. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, being an author, a lot of people, a writer, people will ask me, like, what are you working on next? You know, it's like, right now, I'm just trying to focus on <laughs> this book. Um, mm -hmm. But I did just come from an essays writing workshop in um, Berkeley last uh, month. And it was interesting because I found out that a friend of mine was going to the same writers conference. And I thought they were going to be in the poetry cohort because we're both poets. And I said, you know, I'll see you there, but I'm going to be in the, you know, essays workshop. And she said, well, I am too. And it was just interesting that both oh, of us cool. as poets were in the essays workshop. And there were a couple other poets in there too. Oh, um, yeah. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, because I find that, um, you know, I love poetry and I, I, I feel it's so important. At the same time, there's sometimes I want to say more. And, you know, some mm -hmm. of my poems are a little bit longer. Um, but sometimes I feel like there's just other things I want to say. And so um, one of the pieces I'm working on right now is about um, Philip Clay, who actually died last year by suicide. He was one of um, the adopted queens who had been deported, had never gotten his citizenship. And um, May this year would have been the one year anniversary of his death. So I'm working on a piece, writing that, and uh, hoping to get that published online. Um, and it was, I wanted to have it done in May, but I think just writing about it, I knew, I felt it would bring up a lot of, you know, what I was thinking and processing through last year. Um, so it's just yeah. been one of those things I've just been pushing off. But I, I feel like I'm in a good place to, to with it now. Um, as far as another book, I don't know. I, I think it's too early to tell. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe that will turn into a book. Right. You never know. Because, never know. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that is, you know, I've actually, that's what I've been picking up along with poetry books is collecting of essays so um yeah great way to yeah yeah i feel well my next project that i just actually announced today is i'm doing this uh zine project where i'm writing mm -hmm. a zine every month and sending it out in the mail and the the zine series is called if you really want to know me and they're all like going to be very personal essays basically um chopped up into these little zine formats um and i think like for me telling really personal stories <laughs> moves beyond the like um just simple poetic form and into a little bit more of a complex kind of like ramble <laughs> i like to ramble <laughs> and in poetry i feel like it's actually like a little bit 
um, less accessible if you ramble and you're really esoteric. You need to like kind of get to the point and that's the whole point of it. But that if I can kind of spread these ideas out in this series of zines that I might tell a long story through like a short essay format. So I'm really mm-hmm. stoked about that. Yeah, I saw that on your um, website. And so if listeners want to subscribe and sign up, they just go to your website. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And eventually, I mean, there's a flat rate fee for the starting point, but I'll be selling them in bookstores and stuff for way cheaper. So there will be like a different like platform for people to buy them if they don't want to do that. But I just kind of like I need a little bump from my lovely clientele (laughs) out there that like really want to support me financially so I was like I'm going to do this first and then I'll move to the next phase but exactly no I think that I saw that and I think that's a great idea to just you know it's not I think sometimes as poets we get pegged as like that's all we do (laughs) but obviously we we do so much more I mean just as reading too about like you know the open mics and readings that you curated and so on too I mean I just I love you know meeting other writers who are what you know great literary citizens because it sounds like you do so much you know for the community too I mean so really interesting to learn about your work um I am curious more though too about the um poem store because I've seen this before I have some friends who will you know occasionally go at different festivals they'll do the poetry on demand and I actually when I was in New Orleans last year um, yeah, there's a lot of people I, who do it there. Yeah, I was in the French Quarter, and this guy was pulled up with his fold-out chair and his, you know, milk crate with his typewriter on top, and I was like, I actually had time to stop, and he said, give me one word. Well, I couldn't give him just one word, mm-hmm. um, but I still have that poem, and I'll read it at open mics and, you know, credit oh. him, but I'm just curious, like, what are some of the most interesting experiences you've had? I read, um, you know, I think it was on your Twitter feed, like, there was one day you written a hundred poems and I just can't even imagine like oh. I just like I'm just I'm sure that you know you've been doing this for quite some time that you know yeah yeah I like to say got... that there's there's many people who like to do the same job as me but nobody does it just like me <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I mean the most amazing experiences that I've had though have been with the like connections that I make with people and like the healing mm-hmm. process that I get into with people it's a really like personal, deep one-on-one interaction, and it en- ends up extending itself into lengthy uh, conversation and friendships sometimes. Um, and I've had to honestly quell that over the years because it's exhausting. But I've made like really great, deep connections with people who usually are grieving. They're usually people who have lost someone or something, mm-hmm. and the process of connecting with them and communicating with them about that is clearly something that no one has ever done for them before. So it, it adds to their healing process. And I'm really interested in doing that, uh, like, outside of public space. Um, I've, I've really backed off from doing the on-the-street poetry and in public in great crowds. And I do a lot of private events now because I honestly was just getting sucked dry of all of my energy and mm-hmm. I can actually feel that it would be more beneficial for people anyway if they had a more private space so I'm trying to figure out some method to like offer up a poetic healing process for people in a private space it just kind of needs to take its shape and there might be a grant involved or some mm-hmm. you know foundation that supports mm-hmm. that or something but I, I am trying to figure it out right now mm-hmm. well there's definitely grant money out there for for innovative you know literary, you know, adventures and so on. So, um, but I am curious too, like what you're talking about, like, 
being so exhausted from the work. Like mm -hmm. we do this because we love poetry, but we do this also like because it connects with humans and offers mm -hmm. them something. So it's like, you know, that giving and receiving. I don't for myself, you know, people keep talking to me about self care. It's like Oh yeah. When when I'm traveling, you know, it's like trying to do that. It's a challenge, but um I so think, hard. Yeah. I mean I'm just curious if you have any like secrets you've come up with along the way but I mean for myself it's just you know making sure that I have you know kind of mentor peer mentors to talk to and you know if I have things that come up or just making sure that I have friends along the way different places mm -hmm. that I'm going I might not always but I try and work that into the equation too it's like yeah me visiting too. cities where I know people that I can kind of debrief with after an event or something yeah yeah I think all, those are both really important aspects of it and the only other thing I would add is like have something that's like really methodical that you do for your body and your spirit mm -hmm. because that's what really my body is like oh I'm just screwed from traveling my my mm -hmm. body just really really mm -hmm. feels it so I I try to stretch and you know do some sort of like meditation every day um, even if it's just for like 20 minutes or mm -hmm. something to like uh, root me into my you know, really like, I think the activism of what I do often fuels me. So like, I look to that for a purpose, but the actual bodily care really like is a super crucial part, which I didn't understand until I moved to Los Angeles. And then I was like, Oh, I need to take care of my body. My body's like, are you kidding me? Like you can't sit yeah. on a chair for four hours with a typewriter on your lap. It's going to really mm -hmm. hurt. What are you doing? You know? So yeah. then I, you know, slowly taught myself to really like do some extreme measures for self-care and that look, looks like you know get a massage or go to a mm -hmm. you know go to some place where you can just relax like take a mm -hmm. moment out or something like that you know mm -hmm. well and I mean especially coming being on the west coast and having to like go all the way to the east coast and I find that even going to the west yeah. sometimes I have to take red eye flight <laughs> it can be incredibly exhausting so yeah and I don't know um do you have any kind of agent or anyone helping you with any of that? I do not have an agent. Um, and I guess I kind of, you know, for me, I'm not, my writing is not full time at this point. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, ask myself, like, at what point do I break away from my corporate day job? Yeah. <laughs> you know, at, what at what point do I get an agent and so on? And so, yeah. you know, because it can be so time consuming, you know, you know, I'm just so time consuming. Yeah, yeah, everything. Um, yeah, I, but at the I, same uh, time, you know, it's it's like at this point, I think this is, you know, this is working. Um, and I think, you know, it's I've had, you know, a lot of opportunities too because of friends in different cities saying, "Hey, I'm going to go here and do this. Do you want to come with me?" And it's like, okay, I hadn't hadn't planned, but this sounds like a good opportunity you've got part of the planning done already so go for it yeah collaboration it's everything mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like co collaborating is the best yeah I, I think like having an agent sounds like a wonderful thing but um and I also think that just to circle back to you and your day job like at some point you'll just know you'll be like oh now I can do this mm -hmm. um that's what happened to me like after a year of doing poem store and seeing its effects, even while I was living in a small town, I was like, I don't actually think I need to have a regular job anymore. I think I can like mm -hmm. make this my actual job. And so I did. I just was like, I, I just feel that that could be real. Why not try it? 
And if not, then I can get another job, you know, but it just worked out because I was just at some point kind of got the feeling that it could. So when, so you're in New York now, when are you, um, when's your next reading in LA or where are you going somewhere else after New York? Uh, yeah, I'm going to, uh, New Orleans after New York to do a reading there. Um, and I'll be there for a week and then I come back to LA and I'll probably do some sort of summer reading. I do, um, Actually, I should have you come read at this. I do this thing with the Standard Hotel where I uh, host a reading series called Poetic Purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just bring in poets to come and read. So at some point in the summer, we haven't set a date yet, but it will happen because I do it kind of quarterly. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, and then people, you know, just come and I bring in different poets every time and I kind of host it and read some of my own work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm actually um, moving up to the Bay Area the beginning of August. So, Whoa! Oh yeah, my goodness! Exactly. Goodbye, Los Angeles. <laughs> right. I mean, who knows? I mean, move back here. I could get you to too, come but... down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me know when the next okay. one is after the summer because I do, you know, have to come back to LA now and then for things and have some dates on my calendar already. We'll have to be back. So, let me know. Yeah. Maybe we can work something out. And let right, me know yeah. if you come to San Francisco too, because then I will. There's it's important to collect us like we have to collect each other I feel like exactly. I'm constantly trying to like I, the rare bird was like do you want to talk with this poet I said, sure and then I read your work and I said yes really I really want to talk to her because especially just the I see the you know avenue of your work and how people will respond to that who just need to hear that voice and I just I just appreciate that you're doing that it's hard work and I think it's nice to just hear that from someone maybe even outside of that world of just wow you're doing that work it's really impressive and needed I I imagine it's pretty needed so I think so it's been interesting um like I think that my target audience is who I dedicated the book to is adopted overseas adopted Koreans um, mm-hmm. But it's really been interesting as I've done readings, whether it's at open mic or whatever, where different people will come up to me and say, hey, I have a niece who was adopted from China. I want to get this book for her. Or I'm yeah. mentoring somebody who is, you know, a transracial adopted person or, you know, my, you know, it's, so it's just interesting. Like, it's kind of like adoption touches so many people in so many yep. different ways. Um, so it's been interesting. It's surprising. I wasn't expecting things I wasn't expecting, but all good, too. Yeah, I actually love hearing that. Just the way that we can kind of like bridge all these gaps with language is incredible to me. So, mm-hmm. one other thing yeah. I, I wanted to ask you because you lived up in Northern California and it looked like a little bit like, you know, that you're, you know, you care about the environment. I was just curious, mm-hmm. like, what, what your, um, yeah, if you just want to talk about that about, at all, but like your relationship to the environment, what your passion for it, and so on. Yeah, I totally relate my activism to caring about the earth. I am like Mm -hmm. an earth activist. Um, Mm -hmm. Like everything that I do is in service to the earth. So when I connect with people and heal people, it's just that I hope that they will become better so that they treat the earth better. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just mesmerized by the planet and I feel like it's such a gift to us and we kind of squander it frequently. So if... I can do anything to change that, even in the slightest way. That feels like a worthy cause. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it's like, I think it's interesting because a lot of my work looks like very humanitarian. Like I'm directly trying to help people, but I'm always like, I just want to be clear that I kind of think people are the worst. And I, all of us, <laughs> like, I think humans are kind of gnarly and I really love the planet. And 
like I just put that fuel into what I do because I don't really know what else to do. Like that's the driving force in me that says like you will at least you can do this, so you probably should. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah, caring about the planet. I think I've become more aware since moving to California. Um, so it sounds like we have a lot to talk about too with just our passion for the environment as well. So my friends, they tease me because I bring my own takeout containers when I go to restaurants and adult. Oh my gosh, you are my new favorite person. That makes me so happy. I cannot even tell you. I mean, the, my friends are tired of hearing me be like, don't use the straw, don't use the straw. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. We're on the same boat. Yeah. But the whole plastic straw thing, I think it's really interesting because my friends too, they'll say like, oh yes, they, they'll laugh, but then they'll tell me later like, you know what, I'm starting to be like you now and I'll say no straw at the, at the restaurant. Um, but I've also seen lately with some of the plastic straw bands that there's, um, you know, from some of some people who are disabled, like that that's an accessibility issue. So I'm kind of yes. seeing that. Well, so. Yes, I, I totally love that you said that because I was responding to that and I did all this research and there are all these amazing straws that are like compostable, but not even just like a regular compostable straw, but a hay straw or mm -hmm. a corn straw. And I did all this research on it because yeah, some people actually need a straw to drink. Exactly. Like that's real. And so I talked to these restaurant owners in LA and I'm trying to start this little, it's really hard to start a thing like this, but this thing called our last straw and just to like mm -hmm. kind of honestly just make a little magazine about like Los Angeles <laughs> restaurants that participate in like different straw <laughs> usage mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm, oh. I'm really i'm very devoted <laughs> oh i'm very excited to um hear about that so please let me know about it i will yeah. like definitely take a look at that and help uh, spread the word um yeah no I, I think it's important there was actually a documentary and i think it's i think you can watch it on video it's free it is called it's called straws <laughs> oh my gosh amazing yeah and i mean when i went to see it in long beach they had the guy I don't know if he's the one who made the film, but he was he was there and he had all these bins of the all the plastic straws he picked up off the beach in Long Beach in the past, you know, few months. Oh my gosh. I can't believe how many there were. It was like wow. That yeah. visual. So wow, we have so much in common between poetry and the environment. That's awesome. Uh, it makes me so happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a good important. pairing, a good pairing. I appreciate I I appreciate the recommendation. Our the poets of Rare Bird come together. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, great. Nice talking to you. It's great talking with you as well. And again, I'm Julaine Lee, uh, author of Not My White Savior, which came out in March 2018. And I'm Jacqueline Suskin, author of The Edge of the Continent, Volume 1, The Forest, and two volumes to come. Thank you so much for listening today.